everyone, and welcome to another episode of Picture Blurfect. Welcome back. It's been a while, I know. I'm your host, Naomi Harlembachis Wilkerson, and I'm so excited that you are still tuning into this podcast. Um, I've gotten a lot of sweet messages. I'm really excited about, about where we're going to go. Um, and I know it's been a while, and that's mostly because I was on a two-week overseas vacation. And we're going to talk about a little bit of my experience there. You know, how do you navigate vacation and when you're not in your normal routine, when you're recovering from an eating disorder, it's it's a hard issue. Uh, so I kind of wanted to to dive into that um, and, and what I specifically experienced. And, and then when I got back, it was really just, I got slammed with so much work, you know, emails piled up and I really kind of just had to take a breather. And I am a workaholic and perfectionist by nature, but I really just needed to slow down and say, you know what, tonight I'm just going to watch TV and take it easy. So it's, it's a good reminder that you, you have to prioritize your mental health and practice what you preach. So I, I tell you guys to take care of yourselves and to be kind. And I took a little bit of my own advice this time too, and took a bit of a break, but we're back. I feel recharged. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today. Just about, you know, my experience uh, when I went to Iceland and Greece. Um, that's what this episode is going to be about. We're not going to have a guest speaker, and I'm going to try to do that a little bit more. Just have a couple episodes here and there in between all of our terrific guest speakers and just share with you a little bit what's on my heart, what's on my mind, maybe touch on something in the news that's that's been bothering me or maybe something that's a, a point of discussion, you know, on the interwebs. Uh, but so this is something that I thought would really resonate with a lot of you probably because I've I've spoken to to many of you and many people out there that are struggling with with recovery and, and really trying to to gain some ground in that area and it's vacation's just a, a hard point to really like you can either take a step forward or you could take a step back. Um, so how do you avoid that or how do you promote that that good behavior? So vacation, Iceland and Greece. Now back up a little bit. Why did we go to Iceland and Greece? Well, because COVID kind of dictates everything you do nowadays. Um, originally, I wanted to go obviously to Greece because I haven't seen my my family, like my immediate family lives here in the US, but all of my other relatives live either in Germany or Greece. So it's been a, like almost 20 years. I think the last time I was in Greece was during the Olympics in Athens, 2004, which is, it's just absurd. I shouldn't have done that and waited that long, but life just really gets in the way. So I knew Greece was definitely on the list. Um, and I wanted to go to London, but you have to quarantine for 14 days. And it's like, well, I don't really have that many hours of work saved up. So um, I couldn't do that. And so we were just like looking all over Europe and it turns out like Iceland was had a really good uh, policy for and tourists and, and COVID-19. So all you have to do is if you have a vaccine card and you're vaccinated, all you have to do is show that card and you don't have to quarantine or anything. Um, and I felt a little bit better with Iceland because there we wouldn't really be inside. We would be hiking and, and seeing all the incredible nature that it has to offer. Uh, so I felt better and uh, from that regard. And then in Greece, um, everything is outside too. You just, you know, you can tour, but then you swim and all of the restaurants are outside. So that's why we went to Iceland and Greece. And let me tell you, not only was it really hard to leave my dog behind, I just, I miss her so much. She was, oh, she was such an angel though. I love her. Um, 
but it was so hard to pack for Iceland and Greece because Iceland had like weather, you know, it was 60s ish and it, it typically always rained. So you had to like bring rain gear and hiking boots, which are so heavy and just all kinds of clothes and layers and things like that. And then in Greece, you know, you just wear your bathing suit all day. So it's like, ugh, it was really hard to pack for this trip, but Overall, we made it and it was a lot of fun. I mean, I've always wanted to go to Iceland, particularly to see the Northern Lights. But in the summer, it's really crazy. Iceland only has like four hours of daylight. Like we would go to bed at 11 and it's still light out like it's nuts. Um, but then in the winter, it's like the complete opposite. It's like never not light. So it can be very depressing, I'm sure. Um, but Iceland was incredible. We toured, um, we toured all over the city, but then two on two other days, we went to like an active volcano. Like it was actually spewing lava. It was so much fun. And then we went, um, on a glacier hike, um, just this, like, oh, the views you guys, like it was, it was insane. And a bunch of different waterfalls. The food was really, really good. And I'll talk about the food because that's what we're going to talk about here. And then in Greece, it was just so nice to see my family. And I was actually really proud of myself because my Greek started coming back. Um, I grew up, you know, my parents really tried their very, very best to, to help us learn Greek and, and read it. And I was just one of those children that they would speak to me in Greek and I would respond in English. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't really get the hang of it. And then, of course, school happens and it's just it's really hard, especially when you don't practice it. But when I was in Greece, you know, we were there for about a week. After a couple of days, I it was all coming back to me. And I was I was really proud of myself. And my husband really made me. He's like, no, you have to ask in Greek. No, you have to order your dinner in Greek. <laughs> it really forced me to say Greek and that actually helped. So I kind of needed that. Um, but anyway, so that was my vacation. And in general, vacation is really, really hard for me, like any sort of trip. Just because I think it's because I'm just a very routine oriented person. Like I really like my schedule and I'm, I'm not really a very spontaneous person. Like I'm not going to get up. Let's do this today. It's like, no, I needed to know that five days ago. Um, and just to plan accordingly. And that's okay. And that's part of my personality that I've really learned to accept and embrace about myself. But I've also learned over the last few years, especially during recovery, that this part of my personality is still actually because of the eating disorder, I think, in part. Like I'm very... Um, regimented and very like organized. So I think that has um, contributes to it as well. But I think there's still that lingering part of an eating disorder that that contributes to this part of my personality. And it's that lingering part that won't go away. And it really precludes me from experiencing life to the fullest. Like, I don't know if I'm making sense, but that's kind of what I've been thinking about over the last few weeks. And the reason I'm afraid to step out of my comfort zone when it, especially when it comes to my routine is 99% of the time, and it's hard to admit this, is because I can't plan my meals or I can't plan when I'm going to exercise. And that eating disorder voice, when I can't plan it, it just starts barking orders at me. Like, you should do this. You should do that. Well, what about this? You won't be able to do that. And I think I've just been going along all these years thinking, no, the eating disorder doesn't dictate who I am or what I do. I'm perfectly fine. And for the most part, I think that's true. But the unfortunate truth, and if I'm getting really real with myself, is that the eating disorder still has some sort of hold on me. 
at least to some extent, when I feel uncomfortable or out of my element. Um, if I'm, you know, tested or challenged in any way, then my go-to is the eating disorder. Um, and to be honest, it's it's really hard to say all of this out loud. I've been wrestling with these thoughts over the last several weeks, like I said. So what I wanted to accomplish today in this episode is, is two things. One, share my vacation experience and provide some comfort and advice for those out there listening who may also be really afraid of their upcoming vacation. The holidays will be here before you know it. So like, what are some tips and tricks that can really help you just like stay calm and centered? And secondly, I want to tackle this question that's been kicking around in my head lately, and that's, am I ever going to be able to go on vacation without feeling weighed down by the eating disorder? No pun intended. I don't know. That came out of my mouth and I really didn't mean it to be a pun. But am I ever going to be that person that says, you know what? I don't feel like cooking tonight. You want to order takeout? You know, I always admire these people and yet I can't seem to get there. Do you ever feel like that? So let's unpack both of these thoughts a little. Come join me inside the crazy mind of Naomi Harlenbach's Wilkerson. It's open 24-7, 365. I guarantee it. So moving on, vacation. Um, let's let's dive into this a little bit. This was the first year in a really long time where I really did, though, I, I really did try to make an effort to enjoy my surroundings, to really not become preoccupied with what I looked like what was on my plate or how much exercise I got, how much steps I got, how many calories I think I burned. And actually, I do think I noticed some growth this year because I tried to lean in and listen to my cravings. And particularly because I was in two different countries with vastly different types of cuisines, that's 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 what was what showed me I was I was growing is that I was really, you know, willing to try new things and and try to enjoy the foods that I was eating. For so long though, I would only allow myself certain foods or drinks and I'm sure a lot of you are in that same boat. So you have your safe foods. Um it's taken me a long time to really actually eat the amount of food my body needed. And it was really uncomfortable figuring out like what was too much, what was not enough like that was that was some of the hardest years of my recovery, um, but I couldn't have done it without the help of countless doctors and therapists, um, but also my nutritionist and my trainer who who still helps me today, and he always makes sure that I'm I'm eating enough. Every week we we check in with each other, and he asks me, "How's your hunger? How's your digestion? Did you skip any meals?" Like, and I I need that accountability. And so I've had these conversations about vacation with my nutritionist um, before where I've, I've come back from vacation and I've, I've admitted like openly, hey, I, I didn't eat enough. I avoided food. I missed meals whenever I, I got the chance. But this year, I, I told myself it was going to be different. I wanted to go in with a totally different mindset. And it was kind of crazy because... I was really proud of the things that came out of my mouth, to be honest, um, you know, what on this vacation. So I've noticed some things about myself this year that I can confidently say I, I would not um, have done that if I wasn't where I am in recovery. So I, I was really proud. Um, so like, for instance, we're always told to lay off the alcohol. It's so many extra calories. It's empty calories, whatever that even means. But you know what? I really wanted at several points on the vacation, an espresso martini. Uh, I mean, doggone it. I wanted an espresso martini. I love coffee. 
I think I like a martini. Granted, I'm not a big drinker. So I was like, I want to try it by the pool and I want to have it in my bathing suit, you know, and I'm not going to be ashamed to do that. So if you told me that five years ago that I would have ordered an espresso martini by the pool in my bathing suit and not given a care in the world, I would have laughed in your face and slapped you silly. Uh, because I mean, I just, there's just no way, but sure enough, I did do it. And on several occasions too. So that's definitely growth. And for the record, espresso martinis are amazing. They are just so, so good. <laughs> And then there were other times where I found myself telling my husband, who's, he's just amazing. I love my husband. Uh, I was telling my husband, you know, I, I need to eat something. I'm hungry. And this is not just, you know, like around meal times. Like it would be after an hour or two after we had a big meal, but I'm learning to listen to my body and honor that hunger. My body said it's hungry. I need to honor it. So give me a snack. So with that mindset, I could go into vacation and, and enjoy some foods. There's still always that small level of guilt that I'll always feel as I, as I try to continue working through recovery. And maybe one day I can move past it and, and be beyond it completely. But the important thing is this year, it didn't stop me from eating the meal. It didn't stop me from ordering dessert. I didn't find an excuse to not eat do you know what I mean? Like, cause that would have been me 10 years ago. Uh, so one of the best meals I had in Iceland, I'd say was, was our first day there. We ate at this uh, tiny little restaurant that they only served one thing on the menu, soup and a bread bowl. But oh my gosh, it was so good. You guys, like the bread was so crusty and the soup had this incredible spice and flavor to it. I don't know if maybe I was just exhausted from the plane ride, but it was so good. And our waiter was actually really funny too. Um, I asked the waiter for some water before I ordered a glass of wine. And when he came back with our drinks, he was like, he was so calm, cool, and collected. He was like, okay, and here is your Icelandic vodka. And according to my husband, my eyes got really huge at that moment because I kind of sat there for a second like, uh, but that's not what I ordered. But I was also like really confused because this glass in front of me looked exactly like water. So me being me, I was just like, so by Icelandic vodka, do you mean water? Like, because I ordered water. And the waiter just like burst out laughing and he was like, yes, don't worry. It's water. I promise. Are all Americans so gullible? <laughs> and my husband is sitting over there cracking up like it's just her. I swear. Anyways, amazing bread bowls. Okay. What else? Oh, oh, the yogurt in Iceland. The yogurt in Iceland is just incredible. And the marmalade. Do people call it marmalade anymore or is it just jelly? Because I grew up calling it marmalade because the Greek word is marmalada for marmalade. Um, so it just made more sense in my house. To, but anyways, the marmalade slash jelly slash fruit goodness was so much better than anything I've ever tasted here in the States. I don't know what it was. I wonder if maybe the fruit is just fresher. I don't know. But I found myself going for seconds on foods that, dare I say it, I didn't know what the nutrition facts were. And for me, that's, that's big progress. So after Iceland, I could go on and on about Iceland, but Greece, Greece, there was a shift. There was a, Greece was a little bit more difficult for me emotionally and mentally. And I think several variables were behind that. First, um, my husband and I were in Iceland alone and in Greece, that's where we met up with my family and, and Brad got to meet a lot of my relatives for the first time. And I think, I think family in general 
it always adds an, an added layer of complexity, right? It, to any issue. It's, an, it's not just eating disorder recovery. But I guess I would say I was a lot more aware of my body, of my weight, of what I was eating while we were in Greece. And it didn't really dawn on me until like after I got back from vacation when I was talking about it with my husband. Um, because food and, and eating, it was something we always talked about. Naomi, you didn't finish your plate. Naomi, eat something. Naomi, order dessert. And it's not at all like in a rude or pushy way. I don't want to portray my family in that way at all. Part of it is the Greek culture. That's just how it is. And, you know, it's the Italian culture. It's just part of the, the lifestyle there. But it is constantly mentioned. And so, therefore, the eating disorder voice starts to rear its ugly head every time that happens. And it's, it's waving its hands in front of my face like, hey, remember me? We meet again. And don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore my family. I wouldn't trade any of the time I had with them in Greece, especially since I got to see some of my cousins and my grandma on my dad's side in, in almost 20 years. And every, but every, every reunion or opportunity I have with them is a big test of my inner strength to really fight against those demons inside me that are, that are yelling at me to, to stop eating, to minimize the eating, to throw away the food. So even though the grease portion of our trip was a bit harder on me mentally, this visit was much better than the last visit. And that's progress, right? And a big reason for that is because I have Brad, my husband, with me. He's just been my constant and my unwavering, I'm going to cry, <laughs> my unwavering source of support. Because when those comments do come up, like during dinner or lunch or at any meal, any time when there's food around, Brad would pat my leg under the table as, as kind of a way of saying, like, hey, don't worry, it's okay. Calm your little mind down. And like, it's just this unspoken thing we have between us um, because he knows that I'm, I'm struggling and I'm dying inside. I really need that person, you know? We all need that level of support especially when we're feeling challenged and when we're forced out of our comfort zones. But all that aside, the food in Greece is truly spectacular. And I'm going to go on record here and tell my all of you listeners that you haven't had real feta cheese until you've had it in Greece. It just, it just does not taste the same here. I promise you that. And that's a perfect segue for our next topic. Actually, not really at all, but moving on. <laughs> this existential question that I've been wrestling with lately, will I ever be 100% recovered? Will I ever be able to plan a vacation with excitement instead of dread? And you know, given that I've been able to see some growth in myself, I'd like to say yes, but there's a huge part of me that worries I won't get there. And I don't know if, if some of you are in that boat too. Like, it's just, you just kind of like, probably not. I'd like to be more spontaneous, more adventurous. There are so many places in this world I'd like to see. But the moment I have those ideas, it's met with, but then you can't go to the gym like you normally do. But then you can't follow your normal eating schedule. What if they don't have your favorite protein bar at the grocery store? What are you going to do? And it just then makes me wonder, am I using the gym for health or am I still relying on it obsessively? Am I still, you know, eating these foods that I thought were my challenge and challenging foods, but really they're now my safe foods. You know, I think the fact that I'm 
that I'm able to recognize this differentiation is a positive sign. Don't get me wrong. But the hard part is actually shifting my priorities to where I know they need to be. The moment I feel a loss of control or structure in my daily routine, my innate response, my go-to mechanism, if you will, is to restrict immediately, burn calories, limit meals. And I really just, honestly, I have to learn how to be more flexible because life itself is never structured. It's a hot mess all the time. I can't be able to plan and prepare for every single scenario. And when I can't do that, my response shouldn't be something that is detrimental to my health. The other day, I was thinking about just how complex eating disorders are. Like, that's what this whole podcast is about. I wish I could peek inside my brain at any given moment and see how the neural connections fire and compare to someone without an eating disorder. Why is it that the brain chose or my brain chose food and weight and exercise to think about constantly? And why is it when I'm food deprived, my brain interprets it as a good thing versus someone without an eating disorder who'd say, and appropriately so, I need food. Give me food. I'm going to get hangry over here. Give me food. You know, why do we have those vastly different responses? And the same thing applies for other bodily needs. I was, I was thinking about this the other day, like take sleep, for example. I don't purposely try to deprive my body of sleep. If I'm tired, I naturally say, I need a nap. And I walk over to the couch and I take a nap. But I don't have that same level of reasoning when it comes to food and exercise. It's always more along the lines of, I have to exercise or I will hate myself. I can't eat lunch until I finish this thing on my to-do list. And I just want to know why. What's the neural basis for that? And scientists are, are obviously still working that out. And, and hopefully we can unpack that a bit more here with future guest speakers. So, I mean, all of that said, I'm trying to go into each day with that sleep analogy in the back of my mind. I wouldn't deprive my body of sleep because I need it to survive and function. And yet this very same logic goes for food, nutrition, and exercise. So anyway, that's a little bit of my, my logic. If it makes any sense, I don't know. I probably just spewed nonsense into the world and people are just like, this host is nuts. But I've blabbered long enough about some of the things that's that's been on my heart and my mind recently. And again, I apologize for waiting so long to get this next episode out to you all. Um, I had to prioritize my mental health for a second, um, but I'm back and it, it really feels good to be behind the microphone again. I, I missed you guys. And I've got a lot of great episodes coming up for you in the next few weeks, like I, I mentioned at the top. So sit tight and stay tuned. Um, always remember, though, please to support the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on, on how you like it. That definitely helps other people discover the podcast. And, and really, I hope this is just a helpful tool for people out there, wherever you are, whoever you are. You are loved and important. And I hope you find this to be a safe space to, to really lean into that. Your weight and your size and the amount of food that you ate yesterday, none of that dictates your worth or your beauty. Remember that carbs aren't evil and the fad diets are just that, a fad. Prioritize your mental health and emotional health um, whenever you can and really try to surround yourself with the people that lift you up, not tear you down. And if you need that shoulder to lean on, that sounding board to just make sense of all the, the thoughts inside your head, 
you know how to find me. Picture Blurfix social media is included in the episode description, as well as my email. Feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm always here. I'm happy to help however I can. And I think that's going to be all for now, everyone. Until next time. Oh, 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 oh